actually on? Green? Okay. Well, how is everybody doing this morning? Great to see you all. Thanks for coming on out on this holiday weekend. We just want to say welcome to all you who are joining us via online as well. Uh, why don't you go ahead and I want everybody to sh shout at one, two, three. I want everybody to yell, hi, Tim, okay? Can you do that for me? Three, two, one. Hi, Tim! Now, you guys probably don't know who Tim is, but Tim watches us every week and watches everything that we do, and he is bedridden at the moment, is unable to leave his house, and he watches us online. And so, Tim, I want you to listen to me. Your body is getting well. Your body is making progress. All paralysis has to leave in Jesus' name. You're getting up out of that bed, and we look forward to you sitting in this seat and dancing with us. Amen? You know, some people look down at online and they're like, oh, why would God ever use online? Because there's people who can't be here and people that you haven't gone to, so we got to get to them somehow, right? Yes. Hallelujah. Man. Yes. Whew. God, what do you want to do this morning? What would you have us to do? What direction would you have us? We want all that you have. We're not in a hurry. We're not in a rush, Lord. You said that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So we're not in a hurry. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, for those of you who are watching online, last week you're probably like, where was the message? You know, we only record just the message part. We don't do the music part. And we never got to the message last week. We just, man, as, as we finished singing Available, the presence of God just moved into this place. And we just felt to pray for one for another. And you know, there's amazing things that happen when you pray for someone other than yourself. <laughs> you know, it says when Job prayed for his friends, then God turned the situation around. If somebody needed prayer, it was Job, covered in boils. He's lost everything he's got. His kids are dead. His crops are dead. His animals are dead. And he's just like him and these whiny friends. And yet he chose to pray for them. Come on. He could have been saying, no, 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 God, I've got too much on my plate that I need to pray for. No, when you pray for others... God takes care of yours. Come on. That's why I love that verse in Philippians chapter 2. It says that we would think of others' interests above our own. And that we would be like-minded and fulfill his joy. It's not like-minded us being like-minded. It's us being like-minded with him. And so as we began just to lay hands on the sick, you know, people were just crashing out on the floor and just falling under the presence of God. And I was reflecting afterwards, I was thinking, you know, I take for granted how I grew up and what I've seen and what I've experienced. And I know that not everybody has come from that same type of background. And so when things like that happen, we need to bring some context and we need to bring some teaching, right? Isn't that my job as the pastor that when there's things that's like, oh, I don't understand, let's bring understanding. And sometimes when you lay hands on people, the power of God goes in them, and the power of God is stronger than them. And they crash to the floor. And you're like, why do they have to crash to the floor? I don't know. It's not my, not my decision. <laughs> but let, let me just say this. When your power and his power come in contact with another, he wins, not you. <laughs> and you can say, well, do I have to fall in order to receive? No. Not at all. But sometimes when the power of God comes on you, you can't help but fall. You can't stand. You can't help but 
get a little drunk in the Holy Spirit. You think about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit rushed into that room and they began to speak with other tongues and they flooded out into the streets of Jerusalem. What did they say about them? They're drunk. Why? Because they seemed like they were drunk. And Peter said, they're not drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning, which I know for some is kind of like, well, it doesn't make a difference whether it's 9 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the evening. But when he, they saw something going on with them, it's like, man, you know, Pastor Wendy could barely stand. You know, it was like I, I said, you're going to lay hands on the sick. And she's like, I don't know if I can even get up right now. And so when we talk about these types of things, we have to remember the big thing is, is it biblical? Because I've seen lots of people pass things off saying, oh, it's the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, it's foolishness and weirdness. Come on. If you've been around certain Pentecostal circles, like I've seen a lot and I've experienced a lot, not all of it's God. So we always have to ask the question, is it biblical? Because we can ask ourselves a question saying, well, this seems odd to me naturally. But there's things that are God that don't line up with what you think naturally. But they should always line up with the word of God. So when we lay hands on people and they fall out under the power of God, is it biblical? Well, we can look to Jesus' arrest in John chapter 18 and verse 4. It says, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, who are you seeking? So they caught the guards show up, the temple guards, and they're like, they're coming to arrest Jesus. And Jesus just says to them, who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to him, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with him. And now when he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. And that word draw means that they stumbled back. Something hit them when they, asked, they said, who are you seeking? They said, we're seeking Jesus. And he says, I am he. The power of God in that name went forth and just knocked the guys who came to arrest him to the ground. And so we have to ask the question, who's arresting who here? You know, it's not like they're overpowering Jesus. Just the simple declaration of his name was enough to put them out on their feet. And so they get back up, and he, and he says to them, uh, uh, he says to them, they didn't put that verse in, he says, so who are you seeking? <laughs> you know, we're looking for Jesus. And he says, I already told you I'm he. Here, go ahead, put the chains on. Take, take me, take me. You know, it's, it brings a whole different perspective on the arrest of Jesus. But just the declaration of his name was enough to knock them off their feet. You know, we can look at John in the book of Revelation where he's taken up into heaven and he begins to have visions of what's going to come later on. And then Jesus shows up and stands before him. And in Revelations 1.17, it says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He saw Jesus and is just like, the power of God hits him, and he's a lump on the ground as though he was dead. And he says, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, don't be afraid. I'm the first, and I am the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen? And I have the keys of hell and death. And so Jesus just gets before, before John, and John's just like, oh my. Hits the ground. You know, I, I remember talking with uh, Joe Morris a bunch of years ago, and at the point we had talked to him, he had had six visitations from Jesus. And he doesn't talk about them a lot, and he said, but his perspective on it was, he says, when you expect when Jesus shows up that you're, you think you're going to have something, you know, some great question to ask him that you want, he's like, 
No, you can't help but just worship and hit the floor. You know, come on, when Jesus' presence enters the room, sometimes you can't just help but get on the floor. We can look at the book of Acts with Paul. It says, as he journeyed and he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. What was it? It was the manifest presence of God. It was the glory of God. And it says, and then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so here we have three New Testament examples of where when the presence of God showed up on the scene, they couldn't help but collapse under the weight of his glory. And so it's very much biblically. And it says that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. But I was thinking about Toph and I were having a conversation a few weeks ago where Brother Hagen was having an experience with Jesus. And Jesus told him something and he said, no, 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 that can't be true. He said, if that was in the Bible, I would know about it. And Jesus said to him, he said, son, there's a lot in the Bible that you don't know about, <laughs> which is funny. And Jesus said, he said, said, I only need to give you three, but I'll go you one more. I'll give you four. So I'm going to do the same thing this morning. Let's go for a fourth. We can go from the Old Testament here and see that it's not a new thing. And in the book of Daniel, chapter 8, Daniel is having visions of what's going to happen at the end of times. And the angel Gabriel has come to be God's messenger and to speak some things to him. And in verse 16 of chapter 8, it says, And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, and he called and he said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. Which is why it kind of tells me that Daniel was being a little bit resistant to what he was seeing. And it says in the next verse, So when he came near where I stood, and when he came in, I was afraid, and I fell on my face. And the word for fell on my face there is I collapsed. It's not that he's like, okay, I better get down. It was like, no, he couldn't help but stand when God's messenger stood before him. How much more the power of Almighty God who is, goes with you every day, in and out, wherever you go, he goes. Come on, and sometimes we get a little resistant to him. And so you say, like, why do some fall and some don't? It doesn't matter. You're, you're not the one. You don't have to fall. And let me tell you this. If you're like, oh, if they're praying for me, I need to go down. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you go, you go. If you don't, you don't. It doesn't matter. I've seen people miraculously healed without falling and people miraculously healed with falling. And I've also seen people not get healed after they fell because they just collapsed in the flesh. They're, oh, this looks putting on a good show. We're just bringing some context and some teaching. You know, I just feel that this is a good direction for us this morning to go. Because as the, as the presence of God just continues to manifest, you're going to see things and you're going to be like, I didn't know that was possible. There's a lot you didn't know was possible. <laughs> Come on. And sometimes you can't help but just fall before the Lord and worship. And one of the things is, oh, oh, you're just you're just pushing people over. No, <laughs> no, man. I, I've had seen people collapse without the minister ever even got to them. I was in a meeting about 18 years ago now, and the minister was like, I just feel like we need to bless everyone here. Everyone just come on, crowd the front. And, you know, as, a, as an usher, you're kind of like, that's like the worst situation that you want. <laughs> Everybody else, what do I do? And that's just like, God be God. And as he began to pray for everyone there, he just waved his hand across. And you know what? Everybody just like, just collapsing everywhere under the power of God. Because the Holy Spirit 
is not just here and not just there. He's here. And I don't need to be touching you for the presence of God to come all over you and you collapse. And the thing that I always remember about that service is that as everybody's collapsing, as I've started, as I couldn't stand, and as I began to fall back, I felt like somebody grabbed me from behind and held me up, and I was like, oh, I must have been one of the only ones that had an usher here holding me up. And as I was just worshiping God, as I was like half, half up, half down, I began to come to, and I went to stand up, and I turned around to see who was holding me, and there was no one there. But you know what was, what was there? There was a little kid laying at my feet, that me, six foot, 250 pounds, would have smushed that kid. And so God must have sent an angel to hold me up while everybody else fell. So do you have to fall? No. He'll take care of you. And the reason why we have ushers when pe to catch people when they fall is because some people don't fall in the spirit. They just do it to look good. And so you do it so you don't get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people hit the ground and smack their head and everybody's like, whoa, we just heard their head and get up and not even feel anything. When you fall in God, it's not a problem. Man, I remember a service, uh, it was uh, one of Brother Hagin's camp meet meetings a long time ago. Ed Dufresne was telling us about this and that Brother Hagin was going through the crowd prophesying on people and people were just falling out and Ed was sitting in the front row with the Dr. Coulter and he leaned over to Dr. Coulter and he says, well, he hasn't had a word for me yet. And as no sooner did the words come out of his mouth of Brother Hagin's head, and he's like way over there. And he just turned around and marched right up, and he stood right in front of him. And he says, that's because you already know what you need to do. And Brother Hagin just, boom. Ed comes right up off his feet and smacked down on the ground and was out for like a half an hour. Got up without a single mark, and Brother Hagin was wearing several big rings. I remember Jim Hockaday. He got up before this guy is like six foot eight or something like that. And as the man came up, he, he needed healing for something, and God said, Hit him, Jim. <laughs> and Jim's looking like, I don't want to hit this guy. Come on. And then he as he was thinking there, he, he remembered, I think it was Ann Durant's voice, says, Jimmy, if you ever do anything for God, go big. So Jim just all off and Boom! And laid out this six foot eight guy. Guy crags down like a sack of potatoes on the ground. Gets up completely healed. Not a single mark on him. The thing is, you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do in the moment. You don't make something happen because you don't need to. The Holy Spirit's good enough at showing up and showing off. And it says that He confirms His word with signs following. Come on, and when the Spirit gets to moving, and I wasn't spending this much time on all this, but when the Spirit gets to moving, your job is to be a receiver and be receptive of what He's doing. You be receptive. Come on, if it's a time for joy and a time for dancing, dance. Get out of your flesh. Your flesh is the one saying, that looks stupid, don't let me do it. And I love what Mark Hankins said. He said, you know, a dance is not something God gives you, it's something you give God. And so we're often thinking like, oh, well, if God makes me move, I'll move. No, sometimes that first step is like, <laughs> come on, I know I can't dance, but that's not going to stop me from dancing before the Lord. Come on. Sometimes when I'm singing and, I, and I'm just feeling the Spirit singing out words, it doesn't sound good. It's okay, it's not going to stop me from blessing the Lord and you letting the fruit of my lips give praise to His name. 
And sometimes the Spirit just comes over you like it did Elijah. Elijah was up on the mountain. The king had already left in his chariot. And Elijah went up on the mountain. Hasn't rained in three and a half years. And he goes up on the mountain. He sends his, he sends his servant, go look out over the sea. Tell me what you see. He came back, I saw nothing. Did that, kept doing it over and over again until the, finally the last time. The Lord had said it was going to rain. And Elijah kept sending that boy back and forth. It's like, because it's going to rain, I expect there should be clouds. And finally, the servant came back. He's like, oh, I think I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand coming out of the sea. And, Jesus, and Elijah said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And the spirit said, now go join yourself to the chariot. How many know that chariots go a lot faster than people? <laughs> and he took off in a run. And it says that he overtook the chariot and then he beat him to the city. Sometimes you just got to run when the Spirit says to run. There's things that just break off of you when you just say, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to run and I'm going to go. And when he puts that on your heart, I don't care if you run while I'm preaching. Go ahead and run. Just don't crash into anybody. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you're good. And when it's God, it's God. You don't know what's on the other side of your shout, what's on the other side of your obedience, what's on the other side of your dance, what's on the other side of your run. But when you feel it in your heart, or you see Jessica take off off the stage, she's like, I'd like to run with her, but I think everybody's going to think I look foolish. No, they're probably looking at Jessica more than you. Because everybody <laughs> looks at Jessica and is like, man, could she tone it down a bit? <laughs> we love you, Jess. We love you, Jess. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know you got big shoulders, so we can use you as the foil. But what I'm saying is when the Spirit's moving, get in the water. You know, think about the man that Jesus came to at the pool of Bethesda. He says, do you want to be healed? And he says, well, I have nobody to put me in the water when the water's stirred. And Jesus is like, you don't even need that water. I'm here. If you knew who I was, I can touch your body. But let me tell you this. When the water's stirred, get in the water. Come on. You got to run, you got to run. You got to shout, you got to shout. If it's out of line, I'll put you back in line. That's my job. You know? You'll never learn if you never try. Right? What I'm saying is about being receptive to the Holy Spirit. You know, I tell you that most of the time when I lay hands on people, I feel nothing. Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's like the presence of God just is heavy on your hands. And you lay hands on some people and it's like they rip it right out of you and they collapse to the ground. Because they're like, my heart's ready to receive. I want what God has for me. Other people, you put your hands on them and it's like it's getting pushed back at you. Because they're not being receptive to what God is wanting to do. Come on. We should be good receivers. We should be good receivers of the things of God. If you feel you got to shout, you feel you got to run, go ahead and run. You know, I remember uh, Jim Dracopoulos telling a story about him and his wife, Anna. They were, they were in a service, 
and Jim was like, or the minister said, I just feel that some people got to run, and there's going to be a, things that are breaking off their life. And Jim got off, and he took off running. And Anna's like, well, I guess if he's going, I should be a good wife and follow him. And as she took off, she's just like, and was stuck to the wall. She's like, I want to go. But the minister said, there's some people that got to run. He didn't say that all people got to run, and Jim felt he got to run. And she, and she runs by her, and he's like, come on. And she's like, I can't. I'm stuck. <laughs> can God do that? Of course he can. When I was working at the Prayer and Healing Center, we had one minister was going through and laying hands, and there was this little old lady, probably about, I don't know, 80, maybe 90. She was old, very tiny. And he laid hands on her, and she just collapsed on the ground. And he went to walk away, and he's like, no, 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 pick her up, pick her up. You know that three of us ushers couldn't get that little old lady off the ground? She might have weighed a ton. But God put her there, and he wanted her to stay there. We could not get her off the ground. God was doing a work in her life, and she got up healed. You know, I remember Brother Hagen in one of his old churches back in the thir uh, 30s. You know, it's kind of funny to think that we're almost to the 2030s, so what it, we'll have to be, be specific, the 1930s. Um, and they had a, a meeting going on, and the Holy Spirit was just moving. And this girl came up to worship, and she just got frozen right here like this and was stuck like this for several hours. And as the meeting ended, everybody else was leaving, and they, they thought to themselves, well, it's going to get cold in here. It's winter. You know, in back it was just a one-room church with a little pot-belly stove there to kind of keep the things warm. They thought, well, maybe we should move her closer to the stove so that she doesn't get cold. You know, our natural thinking. I mean, if God put her there, he can keep her warm. <laughs> and they could not move that girl off the floor. She was stuck like this. And then when she finally came to at the end, she was like, I've just had the most wonderful experience with Jesus. He was speaking to her heart in the only way that he can do. Well, we got to open our eyes and have a bigger perspective. Yes. The glory of the Lord will fill this place, and you're going to see unusual things in the years to come. Our job is to be receivers of what God is doing, to be receptive of what God's got going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Toph, why don't you play it? I've got a whole nother message that we could preach, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, God, I want to preach that message. Maybe next week. We'll see. But right now, I just feel that we should put our hearts before God. I'm not looking for you to shout. I'm not looking for you to dance or run, though we've talked about those things. I want us to take a moment and let's practice our hearts being open before God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, right now, we just open our hearts before you. We thank you for this time we've already had today. We give you glory, Lord. We honor you. Honor you with our lives. Here I am, I open my heart to you. 
Thank you for that sweet, sweet presence that just floated. We thank you for that sweet, sweet presence. Be still, my heart. Quiet, 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 my heart. Oh, you speak. Bind up the broken heart, Lord. You see every disappointment, every hurt, every loss, and you heal those hearts, Lord. Yes, heal those hearts. Jesus,
a good friend, love him to death, but I remember when we first met, he could never let a single moment <laughs> pass in silence. <laughs> you ever met someone like that? They're just a talker and a talker through and through. And I remember I, I stopped him when I'm like, can't we just have a moment <laughs> without having to fill the space? fill the noise. And we live in a world like that, where there's always noise and there's always something going on. And the reason why God wanted to take a moment this morning, because this is not a church thing, you can do this every day. Say, God, I'm taking a moment. You know, the old time people talk about getting in their prayer closet. I don't care if that's your literal closet. Get in and shut the, turn the light off and be like, I'm going to hide from the kids. I'm going to hide from everything. God, I'm just here with you. I need a moment. I need a moment. I need a moment. I will wait on you. Yes. I will wait on you. Just like Jesus said, you seek and you find. Moments like this are, God, we're just seeking after you. Seeking after you. Seeking after you, Lord. Hallelujah. You are good. You are good. You are good. All the time. Will, in a moment, our, our word care team is going to be up at the front. I believe God's already been ministering to hearts, but if there's something specific that you need prayer for, you need someone to agree with, believe with you, or celebrate with, come up and talk to them. They would love to do any of those things with you. Hallelujah. If you'd love to give, you can do so at wordchurch.ca forward slash give. Or there's envelopes in the front, basket at the back. God, we just pray over that offering in the name of Jesus. We thank you for every gift. And we call it blessed in Jesus' name. And we thank you for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, we've had a moment. Let's have a moment together as the body of Christ and have some good coffee and conversation. You guys are blessed. Let's see you next week. <laughs>